Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host for this week, Park Parkinson, and joining me is my guest, Philip Modis. 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 Philip Modis. You Sorry, did it? Philip. Yeah, no, hey, that's fine. Hello. I, uh, it'll just, it'll eventually, the last time I'll do without messing up. Uh, here we are, minute number 38, the 38th minute from 0 hours, 37 minutes, 0 seconds, to 0 hours, 37 minutes, 59 seconds in. In this minute, Claire tells Lionel something is up with Andy. Peg begs Miles not to kill Bertie and her Bertie's and her careers, but first we're asked the question: uh, Is Blanc calling Bertie dangerous? Yes. Are you calling me dangerous? And then we'll see. We'll see. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. We'll see, but no, but kind of. <laughs> not dangerous on purpose yeah but dangerous like she is a danger to herself and others that kind of it almost feels like a trailer line <coughs> you know what i mean it almost feels like it, the line with the you look she cut. gives especially yeah 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 if you just saw this like that like couple of seconds out of context it could mean so many things yes and it could it really could like you could you could think so many different possible things about Birdie, and I don't think I would have thought the actual thing, which is that she's a ditz. Right. Yeah. Who has, like, no... Like, maybe she is. Maybe she is dangerous, because who knows what she might go off and do, but much more... in, in Specifically what Blanc is talking about, I just said in their last minute, about speaking without thought as opposed to speaking truthfully um, that she is dangerous in that way. Cause she might just say something really stupid. Right. Yeah. Just seems like I, I can't remember. There, there's some old movie trailer dancing in my head and I can't remember what it is, but it's just like all of these lines, these types of lines. And then it's like, then it would say, Actor's name, and someone else would say something vaguely incriminating or exciting. Oh, actor's yeah. name. And it feels like that's what you could have done with that. So, like, do you, you know? Are you calling me dangerous, Goldie Hawn's daughter? <laughs> yeah, it has a very like. Would you like me to seduce you? Yeah, sort of like tone to it, and the look she gives right. is very like. She has kind of a femme fatale. Look. Yeah, it's good. Um, I mean, it's it's yeah. it's really good. You, I, I get the feeling like this is part of the reason why you make these movies is so you can let Kate Hudson kind of dig into those types of moments to say like, yeah, you're gonna say this that at this stage of the movie it could mean any number of things. These are all good actors, and they're all people who could. I mean, several of them at least are people who you could ascribe the the moniker movie star yeah um i don't know if any of them embody that both as an actor but also the character they're playing no one else is quite like that except maybe a little bit miles but she's also definitely playing like a kind of a gene harlow looking you know 
like classic movie star kind of character like that's what she wants to be that's what she's dressed like all the time that's what her hair was like especially in the last in the first scene when we first meet her like her hair is very much like that now it's not as much but right um when it had that like well bunch and curl and it know. also helps that she kind of is you know that kate hudson like still has that whatever it is about oh, yeah her. yeah just, yeah so her as, as an actor, she is like a movie star. Yeah. Like she definitely has that. And it's, it's yeah. fun to see, like, it's fun to see in sort of like an Ocean's Eleven kind of way to just see somebody who's charming show up and be really charming. And, and now yeah. we're watching her sort of play with and play off of that. And so that just adds more, more and more layers as it were. Um, by the way, I think sure it is. I she... think it is the trailer for Ocean's Eleven I was thinking of, <laughs> where the characters no, say that, well, something. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. That's definitely one of those yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure like what her first like big thing was. The first time I remember Kate Hudson is almost famous. Yeah, I think that's just like big thing. That's that's over 20 years ago now, and <laughs> and and that movie also like right away. I mean, obviously she also like having Goldie Hawn as a mom. Um, uh, but like pl- right away, like playing with fame and playing with like being close to fame, at least in that movie yeah, was kind of like always her thing and, and, and charm and like, you know, owning a room when she walked into it and she's, you know, she can totally do that. She's really good at it. Yeah. Even when she's playing this character who is like both odious and also clearly, you know, only skin deep. Um, still has that yeah yeah it's it's a good use of it you know like that's yeah i don't think that that's an easy thing to do sometimes i mean sometimes there's some movies that's obviously like well this is getting by in the charm of the actor and that actor is really charming and so i'm just gonna watch it and then there's another element to be like i'm going to use the charm of these actors and so far these movies are kind of two for two in that way it almost makes me wonder i i am just cynical enough to wonder if like the casting isn't the most responsible for the success of these movies i mean i think casting is kind of really responsible for a lot of success but like i'm saying more than the writing more than anything (laughs) more than anything it was like it's just these guys are so good (laughs) um that that really, it really hurt. Certainly, yeah. I mean, I I will say one of the one of the cool things about um, Knives Out more than this is I feel like Knives Out was doing more casting against type. Sure, um, especially for um, Chris Evans, right? Chris Evans and even Michael uh, Shannon and. Um... We hadn't really seen Jamie Lee Curtis be quite like that, you know, level yeah. of snark. Well, I will... <laughs> Michael Shannon is going to be really creepy and off-putting. Well, well, okay, <laughs> creepy and off-putting, but I meant like, I meant like sort of, like his sort of impotence. Like he is creepy, but like not. There's only one part where he's threatening. Most of the time, I'm like, like yeah. really yeah, on edge, scene, and like, like this guy seems like at he her couldn't. Apartment. Yeah, he couldn't get chips out of a bag i mean like he can't do anything yeah he does you're right he does he he 
he can't even manipulate his father until you know right yeah he's constantly getting shut down he does seem like <coughs> you're right he does seem like a, a fairly impotent character and normally he's not that normally even when he feel like he's playing someone who's on their back foot right he seems like someone who could who could do something mm-hmm. um and yeah but in yeah so yeah another example whereas um in here i would say everyone is kind of is more playing their type. Or, yeah, you're right. Or leaning into the kind of sort of thing they're, yeah, they're known uh, as doing it more so. Even like Catherine Hahn, one of like, it's a bit part, but she was a, she was like a political know-it-all on Parks and Rec. It was just like a, you know, she showed up a couple times, but she was, oh, yeah, she yeah, was that. in yeah. politics. And so it was like, oh, okay, well that's happened. And Dave Batista is like, playing a super testosterone guy i'm like that's not like a stretch i like i can see i don't know him personally but yeah. i could totally see him doing it yeah so it's i, yeah, get I feel it. like he at least knows these guys he i mean he's he was a wrestler he's probably worked with yeah some guys yeah he's like familiar that. yeah he's encountered he has definitely encountered somebody who's talked way too much about supplements in his past. <laughs> and Norton is, like I was saying before, he's playing kind of right. a, kind of a master mindy control free kind of guy. He sort of gets. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a little of that. And then that. Kate Hudson as this sort of, you know, glamorous uh, person who and then if we really want to get into it, whose better days people think are behind her. Right. You know? Yeah. This was the first time I saw Kate Hudson and thought, oh, wow, she's like. Because Kay Hudson and I are about the same age. She's a couple of years hmm. older than me. This is the first time I saw it. Not, oh, I, she's not young anymore, is she? No. Like, she's not old, obviously. She's not old. But she's not no. young anymore. And she has those moments where she's she's looking at whiskey um, yeah. and realizing that her body is not, like, the most amazing body in this anymore. place anymore. Yeah, it's not the same. And, I mean, you know, obviously... Hudson is gorgeous and there's nothing about a she's in her like she's like mid 40s or or early 40s there's nothing about that that makes her like old or unattractive at all but right as a movie star or as an actress you know that's got to be a thing that she thinks about and that she worries about like because it's all about body it's all about looks to a large sounds weird to say but I'm almost kind of proud of her for doing it in that way oh yeah because like, you know like attention to it and playing with it yeah you have yeah. to you have to be kind of comfortable with it to be like well you know <laughs> things happen and time marches on and you know you're not always at your prime and she's and by doing by embracing that she's come out better for it i mean it's like, gotta take you know, guts like she's yeah it takes guts and and she's i i don't know anyone who has complained about her part in this movie like everyone is kind of like, oh, she is great. And you're like, yeah, she's great. She's yeah. she's kind of always been great. We all just sort of like foolishly forgot about it. There's a the person I think of when I think about this, which is, I hope not a backhanded compliment, um, uh-huh. is um, Julia Louis Dreyfus, who is an amazing okay. comedian. She's hilarious. She's very funny, and she mm-hmm. did a sketch on um, Amy Schumer's show okay um inside amy schumer yes. where amy schumer like happens upon her and other comedians other other oh other yes comedians and it's the last yes who are all last, turning 
doable day. And right. and they're celebrating it like she has reached that Julia has like reached a point in her career. Like it's almost like a joke version of like sending the elderly off to like right. die in the wilderness. But and she's Yeah, like, aren't no, they no, no, they're no. putting them on a boat? Like yeah, they, they threw like off. a boat like on like the river or something. And right. she's and she's like, No no no, don't feel bad for me. This is like freeing because now <laughs> People will stop seeing me in just like this one way, in a way that is like really oppressive. It, I, I wish I could recall more about it. it. I was just really impressed with how like the way they were getting humor out of it. It was really funny and it was insightful. I recall, I recall being like kind of blown away by that sketch. It's been a while, yeah. but um, I, I want to say, I, I want to say, like, is T- maybe Tina Fey is in it? And I think Patricia Tina Fey Arquette? is in it. That is Patricia Arquette. Right. That sounds right. Yeah. Not a not a comedian as much, but a but a comic actress. She could be really yeah. funny, certainly. Yeah. Um and yeah, Tina Fey. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really funny sketch. And <laughs> and that was one of the you know, I I mean I remember her from Seinfeld, obviously, and I've I've seen other things by her, but it was a really funny bit that Julie Dryer said. I didn't watch Veep, but uh, but that was a really funny bit and I was it was yeah. really good. Um Yeah. And, it's good and yeah, I think that must take real guts as an actor and especially as an actress to like pull that apart, to poke at that, even to have fun yeah. with it. To like that's because it's gotta be a real serious business for you. Yes. Very much. So I guess what we're saying is we're really like <laughs> <laughs> really we like, really like her. We're like Hudson and Sufi. She did a really good job, and she's very funny in this scene. Yeah. Um, even when her the humor is, you know, is she she's playing the butt of the joke. She's really good at it. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, speaking of Catherine Hahn earlier, Catherine Hahn runs out. Um, this is when, or she's run out before. This is we when, see yeah. her now. She's watching. What do you mean? She's changed. What's she playing at? Mr. Brown, quick! Andy walk away, and Andy looks drunk. And this was the moment we mentioned a little bit earlier. I thought, oh, was there something in her drink? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and and I and this is another moment that we sort of mentioned earlier where I was not trusting Claire so much like i just yeah there was an element of like oh she sees something is up that even we don't know at this point and so why would she be so suspicious why would she be uncomfortable i felt it's funny i had i had the exact same thought but the opposite reaction Uh, my thought was claire doesn't know what's going on Hmm. and i'm and therefore i'm not worried about okay yeah because Claire is like, wait, what's up? Something's going on. Something's up. Yeah. And I thought, okay, she's trying to figure things out. And I'm not, I'm not so worried. It was like one of those times too, where I thought I'm not so worried. Whereas I began to get more worried about what Lionel might do because he, again, seems like he's pretty stone faced in this scene. Yeah. Um, And I think it's, I mean, I think it's quite on purpose. I think it's a very purposeful performance. He's just very hard to read as a character and he mm-hmm. isn't in the when we get when we get introduced to him and when they're having their conversation in the beginning when they're figuring out the puzzle mm-hmm. he's very emotive yes 
Uh, and he seems to have a lot of affection for for Birdie and for Claire. Not so much for Claire's husband. Who <laughs> not nobody, so much for Duke. Nobody really cares about. I don't think Claire has much affection for her husband either. Yeah, and not <laughs> yeah, so much for Duke. Um, <coughs> not so much for Duke. Yeah, I, I, um, I feel like there's like a jock nerd. Yeah, probably. Thing I also I also want to point out this is another like dramatic irony moment where uh, Claire says something's off. She's changed while watching Andy stumble off. And it's the type of thing that you won't realize how like how right she is, you know, like you'll, yeah. you, you, she has said something more true than even she knows. And we get the fun of either uncovering that later or, um, you know, when people rewatch it, you're like, Oh my God, it was right there. That type of thing. Yeah. This is one of those bits. I know, like, I'm not going to say what happens later if you're watching right. this bit by bit, but, um, but definitely, uh, this is one of those moments to hang on to. Yeah. Uh, so that when you come to things later in the movie that relate to it, you will remember this view of these things. You will yeah. remember. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 She says she's changed. And then what's she playing at? Yeah. Which gives sense that she thinks Andy is up to something. Yeah. Um, and then we, we get kind of a cut from there. Which we've been, you know, keeping the same characters for a while. We had a cut from there to uh, to Peg, mm-hmm. who is chasing after Miles, rocking and, some sweatshorts. Uh, by the way, yeah, Peg is even <laughs> later, on, even when everyone else is like kind of dressed in the nines or at least like fancy for them. She's still wearing like you know, I don't know. I assume it's all she has slash can afford. You know, she's... I don't think Birdie pays her great. No. Um, but yeah, she, she is saying to Miles. Hey. Hi. Hello. Uh... Please don't do this. Whatever is going to do. And uh, and it's that. Please don't do this. Sorry. Bird showed me the statement that you wanted to make to the press about Bangladesh. And oh. if you make her go through with it, her name is destroyed miles wants birdie to make a statement to the press quote about bangladesh yeah uh and if you make her make the statement go through with it her name is destroyed and then she says her her resume is birdie j birdie j a short stint in retail and then birdie j you see my resume is just birdie j birdie j a short stint in retail, and then Birdie J. So if her name is destroyed, then my name is... So I feel like she knows how crappy her work situation is, and she has tried to escape from it before. Huh. Maybe maybe, maybe Birdie fired her for a little while. We do not find this out. But I really get the impression that, no, she was, like, trying to get out, yeah. and it was unsuccessful. I would. And, I, would I, bet, I bet it's yeah. either... I, my money's on one of these two things. Either Birdie had to let her go... Because, you know, things were so bad. Or right. or uh, the more fun way is Peg quit, did something for a while, and then eventually came back, but Birdie didn't notice. You know? <laughs> That's like, really easy to imagine. She was like, yeah. hey, I'm back. I was like, oh, there you are. You know, like, where's my lunch? Like, did you not notice I was gone? <laughs> like, yeah, I was sure. gone for two weeks. Yeah, I was gone for no, two weeks. I was at... 
I was at that island in Greece. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was at Islands, the restaurant. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I noticed something just really tiny weird, but when you're going through a minute at a time, why not? When Peg runs yeah, yeah. up, when Peg runs up to Miles, it sounds like she says Mr. Blam. Like she doesn't say Miles and it doesn't come off as Mr. Braun. It almost sounds like Mr. Bran. It's it's, it's huh. got a like a long A sound. And I don't notice an accent that she has in any way that would cause that. And she definitely knows who this person is. It's just weird. And I don't know if it's just me that I'm hearing. It's that whole huh. like, remember that weird auditory internet thing? It was like, are you hearing uh, like Laurel or Yaddle or something? Um, oh yeah, maybe yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. That was maybe I'm hearing that, yes. but but it's just it's just weird, and I don't know if anybody else. If you if you're out there, please follow us on Twitter and say <laughs> yes, yes to Mister Blam. I I don't remember hearing anything funny. She was running. Maybe it had yeah. to do with like her. You know, she's maybe a little out of breath. They thought, well, yeah, she's running up steps to like too. Yeah, yeah. There's a real so the editing wise. Like cinematography wise, mm-hmm. there are there's a real similar way in which these things are shot mm-hmm. um, because we see Claire and Lionel from below and then we get their perspective and they're watching Andy from quite high up. They're watching mm-hmm. Andy from top of the stairs looking down at her. And then we see Peg and she is talking to miles and we see both of them from the other's perspective we see miles looking down at us as a camera and then we see from miles perspective looking down at peg the difference is of course that andy is not looking at claire and lionel she's she's walking away from them so we're not really seeing her perspective and we're getting much closer much more of a close-up of uh, Claire and Lionel. But we are still kind of like a, you know, character up high looking down and a character from down, you know, who's being looked on. Yes. And, and Peg stays looking up. And... In a power position, right? Yeah, yeah. Peg and, is in the non-power being followed position. by the camera. And, but a real difference in that Claire and Lionel care about what Andy is doing and saying and it matters to them. And Miles could not give less of a crap no. about Peg or what her problems are or who she is even. Uh, yeah, I don't know how yeah. to peg, no pun intended, I don't know how to peg Miles's expression, but it does strike me as like, you're a celebrity at a grocery store and someone has recognized you and you know that you have to interact with them in like a human way, but you also <laughs> just want this to end. You know, like, yeah. like, do I have to look at you the whole time or do I like how, how much eye contact is, is required, you know, like just calculating all the ways that you could get away from this or not even considering it, you know, just like, uh-huh. I, 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 yes, I'm totally listening, but not listening, you know, it just, oh, he is, yeah, he is 100% waiting for his chance to talk <laughs> yeah. and he knows what he's going to say. And or, yeah, either that or waiting for, 100% just waiting for the opportunity to leave. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh-huh, I feel like he's yeah. going to, he's going to express or make a show of expressing some kind of 
observance of her feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, <laughs> like, yeah, I've heard you out, but you're not going to move me. Like that's right. That's as much as she's gonna get. And got, he kind of has the he kind of yeah. has the face where like he's expecting to be asked for his autograph, even though she's talking about <laughs> other things. You know what I mean? Like just a little yeah, bit and of about like, a person who's like relevant to both of them who she's talking right. to him about. No. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. she's not going to get anywhere. So about the meat of the conversation. So does and, may, and may, forgive me if this is jumping ahead, but does Birdie know what's up with these Bangladesh places or not? Are are we learning yes. here that she does not or she does? We we don't know at this point. We don't know anything other than um, Miles wants Birdie to make a, a statement that is damaging about something in Bangladesh. Something right. happened in Bangladesh, or she did something in Bangladesh, or my honestly, my thought was this had to do with like something racist that she said or did. <laughs> yeah, right. But At I, this point, I mean, spoiler alert, kinda. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> It's at least she did not take an anti-racism position on this one, let's say. No, definitely not. Uh, But we don't know anything about it. Only that, you know, I I did wonder also, did like, did Miles do something that he's going to get Birdie to take the fall for? Mm -hmm. And totally unknown. Um, Peg doesn't give the impression, like she's not saying, she's saying this is going to ruin Birdie's reputation and thus mm-hmm. also mine like she's gonna get destroyed by this and i will too um but we don't get a sense that like she's trying to stick up for birdie and like say right. hey it's not birdie's fault you shouldn't make her do this it's not this has nothing to do with justice and she didn't <laughs> say anything like that so because that because she didn't say like hey birdie didn't do anything wrong i kind of got the impression whatever this is it probably kind of is birdie's that's fault. a good point that's uh, a good point but and that's, we don't know for certain no but that's but that is a well-written we're i'm just broken records here but like yeah the cast is amazing and the writing is great but the yeah. cast is amazing and the writing is great that that is <laughs> you could have just written a version of it like she didn't do anything wrong or something like that it was like no what you did was you wrote it from the point of view of a character revealing something about themselves even though they're asking quote unquote for a friend. Um, so yeah, that's, it's good and effective. And again, here's my, like my theory about them trying to make a red herring at a peg. It was like, it serves the character of birdie and her arc and everything and her place in this mystery to have this moment. But it also, if we do it character based, it also gives us maybe just like the glimmer of a possibility of an angle that, you know, Peg doesn't like Miles. Oh, yeah. At at this point, or I should say when this conversation ends very shortly. Yeah. Um, but at even even now, he's revealing that that Miles has them over a barrel in some way and that right. Miles can give Birdie orders to make a damaging statement that's damaging to herself. Yeah. Um, I did think, okay, maybe Miles is going to die and Peg is going to kill Miles because mm-hmm. Peg is desperate. Miles Miles is the, you know, is what is keeping 
Birdie afloat. But also, you know, Miles has Birdie under his thumb. And if Miles didn't have Birdie under his thumb, if Miles weren't telling Birdie what to do, Peg could tell Birdie what to do. Peg is mm-hmm. obviously the bright one in that pair. Um, and she manages Birdie. It seems like, obviously, their mistakes still happen. But then she keeps her phone away. And Birdie says, yeah, she has my phone and she's going to keep it. And like, right. she's... So to some extent, she's she's capable of managing Birdie, and she also knows that that's her job, like that's her only job, and that's gonna that she's afraid that that could be the only job she'd ever be successful at. Yes. So I could believe that she might off Miles in order to keep that status quo, right, and even possibly give her more control over Birdie. Yeah. I can see it. So, yeah, this was the, in this moment, I became, in this minute, Peg was the one I was starting to feel like, ooh, I have to watch her after all. Because so, I was so thinking before, she might be the protagonist. And this is the minute where I was like, oh, maybe she is the killer. Yeah. So, speaking as a bit of a hack writer, but I feel like part of that, <laughs> part of what uh, one of the tricks I think of doing a mystery is that you have to play fair and you have to present all the characters and all the motives and, and you know the weapons and all those type of things but there's almost like i think in a reader a certain weird calculus going on where you're like i've spent too much time with these characters and learned so much that i don't think they're murderers that maybe the murderer is the ones that i know exist but haven't spent as much time with and Mm -hmm. that might just be me but I feel like that type of calculation I was putting in here with Peg, which was like all these other characters were like really center, but like sometimes the one on the side is the one who comes in. And maybe I'm just remembering the plot of the bodyguard, but that's kind of, (laughs) but that's the, that's the kind of thing where like you kind of can cheat your way in there to say like, you know, had you spent more time with this character, you would have learned that, you know, they, had a you know a murderous streak about them and a propensity for knives or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And just by the simple math of it, you're like, well, I've spent all the time with these other people, but I wasn't paying attention to the real one. Um, I mean, so yeah, that, that was what I was thinking. When, yeah, yeah. No, I t- there, there are definitely times when writers purposefully subvert that by surprising you. I mean, I feel like that that's also a common thing for. Mm-hmm. Um, for there to be a uh, shock reveal. And, of course, the goal is it has to be one that is perfectly fitting with what you know of the character and yet changes how you see them, which right. is really hard to do, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and and definitely, like, those have been the the, the mystery novels and movies that and, and episodes of shows that have been the most... Um, some of the most interesting and also some of the most mm-hmm. vexing there is a oh I can't remember the name of it uh, there's a there's a Christie novel yeah oh, I should not say so there's a Christie novel where it turns out that the the narrator who is also kind of the protagonist is the killer mm-hmm. and it's not revealed until like right at the end and people were really unhappy <laughs> like I recall I seem to recall that she caught a lot of flack people were like upset 
buy it. Is it is that the Roger Ackroyd? Is that right? No, that, that's, the a, that's a Poirot. Oh, okay. The murder of Roger Ackroyd is, is a is a Poirot. Okay. That's a I th- I think that's one of the like uh I think. I think it's one of the like that's one of the, that's that might be the rich businessman who has like a vision of his death. Hmm. Like the, okay. the industrialist. Well, anyway. Yeah. Also, maybe. Um <laughs> Uh, my mom would know, uh, but yeah, th- that turn is is you know difficult to accomplish, um, and and have it like feel it's, real and yeah. It's funny the one I can think of, and this yeah. is a bit of a stretch, is uh, Psycho. Is that oh yeah? Technically speaking, the character that we spend the least amount of time is Norman's mother, Mrs. Bates. But then we find right. out a lot more about Mrs. Bates and we're like, oh, we've kind of spent a lot of time with her already. Um, you know, they kind of like did it, but also didn't do it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's I think it operates under, like I say, sort of the hacky idea that if the detective is around someone long enough, they will figure it out. So the so as long as you can keep them away from the killer long enough, then you have a story. Um, it, not always true, um, but. But yeah, that that was the weird mental gymnastics I was doing as I was watching Peg. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, there's um. Oh, I've forgotten the name. Uh, Diana Rigg did the the adaptations, um, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a detective whose name is Christmas. Okay. Um, who she's like friends with, and he's in a couple of the stories I think, and he's in a couple of the episodes. Uh, it was it was done as a as a series, and I want to say he was played by. Is it the Mrs. Peter Bradley Davison? mysteries? Yes, I think I so, think. and I think yeah. he was played by Peter Davison, who was the fifth Doctor Who. Okay. Um, and he turns out, I believe he turns out at what? Sorry, spoilers for all of these mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, you had well, years, I, I folks. Believe, I, if, I, if I recall them correctly, he's in like at least one story and then another story later and then another story in that second or third story. He's in it. He turns out to be the killer. Okay. And he's both a character you don't spend a lot of time with in any of the stories, but also, you know, he seems like a very safe character. He's a colleague. Yeah. And then it turns out, no, he's got much more of a Gosford Park style, much more of a relationship to this, um, to the victim than you would have thought. And he is the, he's the killer. And mm. it was really good to really done. And obviously all the, uh, again, all the actors involved. UK only has like 85 actors. Um, and they're in everything. And Rig and Davison are definitely two of them. And, uh, and they're both really good. They play each other really well. If I'm not, if I'm not miscasting this in my head, yeah, right. Yeah, you're mixing correctly. up the one. I with think the I, other am. And I the think I am. I think I am. Yeah. Um, watch. It's actually Sylvester McCoy or something. Uh, It'll it, work. But, uh, well, that'll work out to save you to save the listeners from the trouble of you spoiling. You know, a fifteen-year-old yeah, yeah, story. Go. Yeah, You'll be anyway. like, oh, we didn't get the title right anyway. And watch Diana Rigg do stuff because she was great. Yeah. What's, um, no one's complaining about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I totally get what you're saying, and and yeah, this this is, yeah, I was looking at Peg much more closely and in a yes. different way after this scene. Yeah, I feel like we've exhausted our minute. I think we have. <laughs> is there a, is there a question of the day? Yes. So without 
spoilers for th- any other spoilers for this uh, Benoit Blanc film. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have particular hopes for uh, the third Benoit Blanc mystery, which it seems like Johnson is in the middle of writing now. He's thrown himself into okay. this as his next big project. Which I think um, is further proof that like his Star Wars is never going to happen. But yeah, um, uh, trilogy. Uh, I'm fine with that not happening. Um, I I'd rather have these. Um, uh, I get particular. That. I get that. Yeah, particular hopes for this series. I, I guess I, it's almost the same thing I hoped for with Glass Onion, which is I hope it doesn't like fall into like continuity mud you know like mm-hmm. I I really got excited I, I got excited when they announced the sequel absolutely I got excited when they said the only remaining character is Benoit Blanc and then when I saw the movie I was triply excited that it did the kind of thing that the early Indiana Jones movies did where it implied that other stories happened. We just happened to be watching one of the more exciting ones. You yeah. know, like now, you even now know between which happened first. Like, no, not te- this technically. Could totally no, be a prequel. Technically, we don't, and and that's fine. Um, uh, I like that in two movies we've had references now, either on screen or just throwaway lines to four different Benoit Blanc mysteries. You know, this mm-hmm. one mentions the the ballerina, and then there's the and Knives Out mentions the uh, you know there's a New Yorker piece that was about something that he did, and then there's the actual stories of those movies, and I I just like that it was like instead of explaining every piece of this guy's life or every piece of these characters' lives, they are just sort of building it. And then, like, the legend gets bigger. And then the character gets bigger. Yeah. And and then you can just do it and do it and do it. As opposed to, you know, well, like, well, here's how he learned to walk. <laughs> and here's how he learned <laughs> to do this. And, like, I, I think I, I said this before. So eagle-eared listeners will hear me complain about continuity till the cows come home. But I think with this, like, your real power is in... Like, just put this guy in other scenarios and let him be and and have charming actors be in a murder mystery. And then you're not burdened by all the the, you know, the continuity stuff. You don't have to worry about it. It's totally fine. Um, So that's my hope is that they keep leaning into that. I I, 100 percent. I would like I want. I want Blanc's character to be not consistent in like unchanging. In fact, I would yeah. be okay. I'm not asking for character development really either. Um, no. <laughs> but I would be okay if he's somewhat changing. I would like them to hold to like in this one, he talked, and this is a big trope. This goes back to Holmes at least. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know if like Duffin was like this too, but Holmes was, uh, you know, being like listless and kind of at wit's end in between cases, and mm-hmm. um, and and I I would so like things like character notes like that that they establish, yeah, I want those to keep up, but but it, but it, you know if you go back further and he, you know, 
doesn't know things he knows now and you tell those stories or if you go to the future and he's been affected by things that happened in between like that's i don't care either way i don't care yeah um, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i i would love i love standalones uh, i mean that's this is it, perfect I, for that i really think i really think it ends up being like something greater than the sum of its parts. And the thing I'm all, I always sort of compare it to is those first Indiana Jones movies. Now I know they had like a little, a few couple references, but in three movies, they made more legend like by giving space between the movies, you know, like between the arc and between the stones and between the, uh, the grail, he did all these other things we can imagine we're allowed to imagine because they didn't go to the trouble to like spell it out, you know, young Indiana Jones, notwithstanding, but they like, (laughs) but I feel the same way about Benoit Blanc is like, yeah, just like, we're just going to watch one of the good ones, like one of the most exciting ones, but we can imagine he's been doing this off and on doing whatever. Like it's, it's fine. I could totally see it because that's who he is. I believe it. That reminds me a lot. Well, the, when we the first time we meet Indiana Jones, the first mm-hmm. like conversation he has, when he um, he and and Belloc meet and Belloc takes the idol from him. Yeah, it's already clear these two characters have been enemies for a while. Right, they have a history. Yeah, and he, he says, "You see, there is nothing you possess which I cannot take away." Right, like so. Not only has have there been multiple adventures. But there have been specifically multiple adventures with this jerk, yeah. who's who's at least won and, several times. And they by did, now. and 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 I thought you were going to mention the other one, which is is it Forrestoff or whoever the other guy was? It was like this is where he ended his, you know, where his oh yeah, well, it's like it's like yeah, there's like there's relationships that exist beyond the movie, and I think there's a certain trick to that to resist. Like telling it all, like somewhere down the line, someone's like, well, we got to get the prequel where Indiana Jones meets this guy. Like, no, no, you don't. You you have enough right here. We're actually filling in. Our brain is filling in the gaps. And so I hope I hope in doing those standalone things, I hope they they give those moments for, like you say, for Blanc to show us his character rather than have it explained why he you know, yeah. dresses with a certain yeah. color palette or, or whatever. Well, talking about franchises, this is what Star Wars has stumbled into. I do yeah. not want to see the backstory where Benoit Blanc f- first wears the bandana around his neck. <laughs> right. Or like where he gets his first cravat and sunglasses from the right. detective who mentored him. No, do not want to see. I, there, there is a, there is a, Poirot story where you and there's an episode for this because I think they did almost all of them as episodes or movies um, starring uh, David Suchet where uh, it turns out Poirot used to be a police officer uh, in Belgium and it's like this this the case that ended his time as like an official police Mm. officer and would made him leave and become a private detective Um, and honestly, I would almost like seeing them do that. Just have Daniel Craig play like a 20 year old. Do it like that episode where like have Daniel Craig pay a 20 year old Benoit Blanc. Zero makeup. No de-aging. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Just for that humor? I, probably not really. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I would laugh and I'd, I'd watch it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not... The more I think about it, I, the more I agree. I'm not really interested in, like... I don't... I, I like the idea right. of the legend being bigger. And, yeah... No matter how many movies they make, I love the idea of us thinking like, but there's all these cases that we didn't see. Yeah, um, I, I would, I would love it to and I, joke about. I would be excited if they did almost a parody of that, where like Benoit Blanc is working at like a McDonald's, and. And it's just like a really dull day and his manager is like on him and stuff and like things aren't going great and just this and then it just ends with him saying it's like screw this, I'm gonna solve mysteries. And like that's the origin of it. Like it doesn't even tie that it. That would be a great flashback, yeah. You I know, can totally like, imagine like characters imagining how he became a detective. Right. And you get like <laughs> right. three or four different like fake flashbacks. Yeah, fake <laughs> flashbacks. I heard, I heard this happened. Oh, I heard he just worked at McDonald's and someone yeah. died and he solved the mystery there before the cops arrived or something. No, no one died. I just quit. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be I good too. I did work at McDonald's. <laughs> I was not having it my way and I left. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> well, on that yeah. note... We now we have exhausted our minute and 45 minutes of recording. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much uh, for joining me, Philip. Philip, would you like to plug anything else before we leave? Any uh, projects sure. or social media? Sure. I'll be social media this time. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Philip Mataz. Uh, that's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-M-O-T-T-A-Z for all your Philip Mata's needs. And find us at Glass Onion Men, all one word, G-L-A-S-S-O-N-I-O-N-M-I-M. Please rate, review, subscribe to Glass Onion Minute on your podcatcher of choice. And goodbye, Philip, and we'll see you in our next minute, Minute 39.